0: God bless him. Come on, this is like this is like the View or the Oprah Show or something right now. This is awesome, fireside chat. So uh, we gave we gave the warrior the smallest seat because he's the tallest and because uh, he's weak, so he gets he gets the the low chair. Okay, see, come on now, you're okay. I got to give some announcements, anyways. How many love announcements? Man, this is so seeker-friendly, isn't it? This is is awesome, isn't it? I feel like this is great. I love this. I didn't, the only thing that would take it over the edge if I had one of those little mics that go around here, and I had my cappuccino right here. Now, that would be completely seeker-friendly. That would be awesome. But I got water instead, so. Um, Tonight, a couple announcements as we get going. Um, First of all, we got camp coming up. And uh, Camp 2012, and that's July 26th through 30th, and uh, don't forget about that, July 26th through 30th. If you haven't got your money in, please get it in. Uh, we're still making payments, and if you want to come and you don't have money, then please tell us, and we'll try to help you the best we can. And even if you could give us like 10 bucks to tell us you're coming, that will be awesome. So uh, if you want to come to camp, it is life-changing. And uh, like I said, July 26th through 30th, 2012, it's going to be an awesome time. And uh, so reminder about that. If you don't got your money in, get your money in. And if you see people that are not here tonight that you know need to get their money in or you know they need to come to camp, please talk to them. Can I get amen? amen. Please talk to them. And like I said last week, you know, it's been kind of sparse the past couple of Thursdays. Hey. There's some people that need to be here that are not here that are our church family. I'm not talking about visitors. We appreciate we love you visitors. But we're talking about the rest of our church family that are not here. We need to uh, keep them accountable. Hello, somebody. And need to encourage them that they need to be there on Thursday nights because God's moving and stuff is happening and they're missing out. And we could go on without them if they don't show up. So we need to start calling some of these people and texting some of these people and not just so-called leaders. If you're their brother and sister in Christ, you need to keep them accountable and, and tell them how much you miss them not being here. Amen? Amen. Went to preaching already. Also, uh, next week, finally, this is for you specifically. Next week, finally, well, we're going we're gonna to say something after this, but let me announce this first. But next Thursday, finally, Pastor Drew Reed will be here next Thursday. In the words of Sue, Pastor Drew Brees, which plays for the New Orleans Saints, is going to be here next Thursday. So uh, I might just announce him as that like NFL quarterback, Pastor Drew Brees from Greentown, Indiana. But next Thursday, everybody say next Thursday, Pastor Drew Reed, no, you can go ahead and say that. Pastor Drew Reed (laughs) will be here. Okay, he's been asking me for the past month. Is he coming this Thursday? Is he coming this Thursday? Like, brother, you don't want to hear me? What's what's the deal? But he's coming next Thursday. So can we pack out the place for Pastor Reed next week and be encouraging for him and shout him down and make him feel welcome here? Because he's a legit brother from up in Greentown, Indiana. And he is pumped. I was just texting him earlier today. And he is pumped to come to our church. And actually he said he's going to bring some of his young young adults and youth down here next Thursday. So let's let's pack out this place. Let's get it live, and uh, let's just all have a good time together with their youth and young adults and with Pastor Reed and really be an encouragement to his life. Because he, he uh, told me personally, he really looks up to our church. He looks up to our pastors. He looks up to this group. So let's be encouraging to him and show him an awesome time next Thursday. Can we do that? And that's going to be our first service to really kick off the summer. And we got our four young ladies coming up to youth next Thursday from the elementary. So that's going to also be a special time we're having. And uh, one more quick thing. Janet, can you come please give your wonderful announcement about your ladies' outing?
1: Okay, ladies, this is just a reminder. This Saturday this Saturday, June 2nd, be here if you're going Laser Blaze, 2.30, and make sure if you have not gotten your $10 to me, please get it to me tonight, so that we, I already have it reserved, but I still need your money, and uh, <laughs> and recommendation, bring at least $20 for extra money to whatever else you want to do at Laser Blaze, plus for our little outing afterwards, so 2.30,
0: Amen. Okay. I don't know if we need to turn up the speakers if you guys can't hear tonight or what's what's the deal you don't understand English do we need to speak in Spanish or French or something tonight so ladies you're going to be there right at this wonderful event that Janet's putting on and fun time at laser blaze and desserts you know you ladies love desserts don't play don't play games but before we get this question and answer session going on uh Danielle Jackson, let's give it up for Danielle. Which I heard she did hair all day today. So let's give it up for her doing hair all day today. God bless her. Uh, she purchased us some pins for the Cory. So everyone tonight gets a free pin. What a deal. Now, this is awesome. So, can I get a couple young men to hand out pins to everyone? They're in that box. So, just hand out some pins, make sure everybody gets one. It's free. Yeah, let's give it up for Dunkey. He's on time this week too. Let's clap for him. Everybody gets a pin. I know this is like the best present you ever got. It's like Christmas. What thank Danielle, <laughs> all right, everybody gets a pen. I know you're gonna use this all school year next school year. you're gonna be using this pen every day. Come on, let's put them back in here. snaggy one a warrior. We got one more announcement actually. I forgot before we get going here. um everybody get a pen? Everybody love your pen? Everybody got to use your pen like every day for the rest of your life? Okay, good. Uh, Our good friend Amzy Bach here, a.k.a. The Warrior, a.k.a. Pontiac, a.k.a. Week. Um, He's got an announcement to make about something happening very soon, and it's very special. So go ahead. You shouldn't have told them that. They're going to try to show up. Day too, everybody, here. everybody hear that? When's the wedding? Okay. Justin, everything good with the microphones back there? Can you hear it? Can you hear Amsie out of these main speakers when he talks? Talk. Talk. Bishop. Yes, sir. Okay, we're good. All right. So,
1: (laughs) we're
0: going to start this question and answer night. How many are excited for this question and answer night? All right. So, as you know, uh, we've been taking questions. So, we have a stack of questions here, and then we have another set of questions here. But also, if you have a question and you didn't have time to do either one of these... There's a phone number right here that you can text a question to. Now, we have a lot of questions, so let me go ahead and say this. Probably all the questions are not going to get answered tonight because we have an abundance of questions, but we're going to try to get to as many as possible. Amen? Amen. So uh, he's going to be our host, our mediator tonight, and me and Bishop, no, we're on the same team, me and Bishop. We're not dueling it out up here, but debating. (laughs) Debating. (laughs) Calvinism versus Arminianism and, uh, you know, stuff like that, just sovereignty of God and free will of man. That's what we're going to debate tonight. So um, we're going to get started here, but let me say this uh, before we start. First of all, (laughs) me and Bishop, we don't know all the answers because we're not God. So let me go ahead and say that for everybody. And I know you probably already know that, but just so you guys are aware of that. If we get to a question and we don't know, we're going to say, we don't know. Or I'm going to say, the secret things belong to the Lord. <laughs> so, if I say that, you know I don't know the answer. So, and you got to realize this. On this side of eternity, I'm about to preach, so listen to what I'm about to say. On this side of eternity, you're not going to have all your questions answered completely. Okay, because your your brain is not like God's. And so you're not going to be able to understand everything this side of eternity. You know, it's going to be all of eternity, and you're going to still be learning things for the rest of eternity about God because he's that infinite and that awesome. So let me just say that this side of eternity, don't get discouraged if you don't have all your questions answered. But realize in the word of God tells you what you need to know. So if it's not in the Word of God, then God didn't think it was necessary for you to know that, and it really doesn't affect you. Because I've, I've had people ask me questions before, and it's like, oh my gosh, this question is something that God only can answer, and it's not in the Bible. It's nothing to get upset about and waste your life on dumb questions that don't make sense. Okay? Ask God in eternity. Okay? Then He can tell you, but on this side of eternity... You know, you're not going to have all your questions answered. But the ones you need to know are going to be in here. Amen? That's right. Amen. All right. Yep. Go for it.
2: There's a lot, a lot of good questions here. Um, I don't really know a good question to be the icebreaker, so I'm just going to pick one here. Um, if you still have bad words coming out of your mouth, will you be living fake but trying to live right?
0: Go ahead, Bishop. <laughs> Let you break the ice.
1: Well,. Am I on here? All right. I will uh well without getting into a lot of scripture, I'll just go ahead and kind of just come at that one the best that I can. And the bottom line is is you know, when you get saved, you're you're a babe spiritually and you gotta grow up. And the most important thing is your spirit becomes reborn unto God and your mind and your flesh gotta be reprogrammed. And as pastors has been teaching us, the order's always the spirit is king the the mind is or the soul is servant and the body is slave and you eventually got it takes time to make that body slave and you've got a lot of habits you've got to and the thing is you've been yielding to your anger your frustration your emotions for so long causing you to respond certain ways and the thing is you got to you got to eventually change that now if if you get plenty of time enough to grow up and you just choose not to grow up then you're being fake. It's not real to you. You're just you're acting a game at church but then you're just talking however you want at church. That's a dividing line. You got to be you got to judge yourself by the conviction of your own heart. If you know that you're progressing in something and you know you know what I'm no I'm not in this area where I used to be and I'm getting I'm getting somewhere further all the time and praise God I'm not you know I'm not who I want to be but praise God I'm not who I used to be mm. and you know you can uh, bust out a lot of one liners here tonight but uh, but that's the the thing eventually your heart's going to condemn you and know that man i messed up and if that's if that's if you have that then you're still okay but you get to the point where it just you don't even get convicted about things
0: anymore then you're just faking it can i add this to this okay the fact that you're asking that question means you're means you're right yeah. that it's even a question that comes up to you that means the holy spirit's convicting you about it if you don't have a problem with it, then maybe you <laughs> need to get born again again. But just the fact, like Bishop said, if, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you and you know when you're talking wrong that you're convicted about it and you don't feel right about it, then that means that you're on the right path. And like he said, you just need to build your spirit man up and renew your mind and your body will come in line with the rest of you. So go ahead. Well, that pretty much goes right along with what Bishop just talked about. I mean, same thing, because people can be addicted to just talking wrong, just like they can be addicted to alcohol or pornography or, you know, whatever, cigarettes. And realize this, that it's not God's will that you're addicted to anything whatsoever. And sometimes in the church world, let me just say this for fun, Uh, Sometimes in the church world people just call out like oh you smoke cigarettes and you drink But they worry all the time and they're full of pride And they shun the people that do this and then they got issues themselves so For us to like exalt certain addictions above others is not right But realize god doesn't want you addicted to anything but him and his word And he doesn't want anything to have the the be the master over you but him and I, we talked about this before. Even good things you can be addicted to that are not right. Yeah. I'm about to say something, but you can be addicted to video games. Hello, somebody. And they're not necessarily bad, but if you if you let that control your life and if you feel like if you don't play that you're going to freak out and then you're going to have a, a an attack, then you got issues. You're addicted to that, and that's not right. Same thing with food. We don't talk about it, but if you're addicted to food and you can't stop eating and you're constantly eating the wrong things, and when you get upset, you turn to food, you're addicted, just like you would be addicted to cigarettes or alcohol. That's your crutch you lean on. God doesn't want you to lean on any other crutch but Him. Okay? So, first of all with that, if it's serious enough and you can't deal with it yourself, the first step was get a man or woman of God to pray deliverance over you. If something's really strong and you really... You've tried to deal with it, and you can't, first of all, get deliverance. But then after that, they can't keep you free. It's your responsibility to grow up and to feed on the right things instead of the wrong things so you get strong enough the next time that addiction comes around that you are stronger than that addiction. And that happens by being in prayer, being in the Word of God. So next time that addiction comes around, you're so, so full of God, that addiction is not even appealing to you. And I got to say this, it's not going to happen overnight, something like that. You might mess up a couple times after that, but eventually, you can get so strong in God when that addiction that used to hinder you comes back around, it's not going to bug you because you're going to be so full of God. That's just like okay, that's lame, that's empty compared to what I got in God. So that's what I got to say about that, Bishop.
1: Yeah, I won't say much. I will say this what what brother Jordan said, most and there will probably be more questions along this line but almost every remedy spiritually is going to have a large part to do with changing of affections and when you when you get full then you're, you're full of the word full of the Holy Ghost you're not wanting to satisfy the deeds of the flesh as much and you're not empty, so you don't need to be filled up. But most of the things that you do that are wrong are just uh, just you know, scratching the itch of satisfa- satisfaction of your flesh. And because you're empty, you need to be satisfied, and there's only one thing that can satisfy your spiritual needs, and that's the Word and the Holy Ghost of fellowship with Him. And I will say this real quick. I heard Pastor say one time, and I, I got a feeling I know who he was talking about, but there's probably been several over the years, that he said, you know, why don't you come down and let me minister to you more often? And this will be easier. And so in 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 wanting to get free from some things, like Brother Jordan said, there will be some things that might happen instantly. You'll get delivered instantly. But that don't mean your mind and your flesh are going to change. So keep coming and letting pastor minister to you because that anointing is going to help you every single time, more and more. When things are something supernatural is happening, and we're all stuck over against the wall laughing or something like that, go join us. You know, partake. When Dr. Dufresne's ministering under strong anointing and you're here, receive. when You know, don't be so standoffish to ministry. Receive of it. It's going to help you.
0: Can it, I want to add one more thing to that. With with addiction or whatever you want to call it, a sin or a weight in your life, everything we said, those are definites, but some more practical, even stuff than that, can I... Say this, if you're really struggling with something, get some people that are going to keep you accountable. And not just one person. I'm talking several people. If you're a young man and you're having a problem with addictions, with pornography or other stuff, get several men that are going to keep you accountable. If you're a lady and you have a problem with like an eating disorder or something else, get several women that are going to keep you accountable and that are going to bring stuff up to you and, and listen to this You're not going to get defensive When they ask you about stuff And you're going to tell them the truth Whether it hurts or not And thinking Oh they're not going to think I'm spiritual If I tell them this No they're going to think you're legit That you're telling the truth And not faking it the rest of your life Because I mean, you know, you can't solve your problems If you're going to keep faking it And acting like you don't have issues When you really do That's what a lot of church people do They are just ja- as jacked up as the world is But they never admit it And they don't change Instead, you need to be truthful with God and truthful with others. Like, hey, this is where I'm really at. I'm really struggling with this. Will you help me? Because that's going to help. So get some people that are going to keep you accountable. And let me say this, too. When you feel tempted in an area, just practically, I would go get around people immediately. Like, if you're you're feeling tempted at home to turn on something on TV or the Internet, call somebody. Get out of your house and ride your bike, for goodness sake. Take a run. Go play basketball. Remove yourself from that situation. If you're having other kind of issues, you know, you name them. Like if you keep going and buying cigarettes or, you know, certain things at certain stores, don't go to those stores anymore. Just some practical things. So, but the key is you can do all those things, but eventually you need to get a hold of it spiritually because it's a spiritual issue. But those things can help you in the meantime. So, go ahead. Everybody enjoying themselves so far? You like this?
2: Oh, Here's one My friend goes to a church where they don't believe in divorce under any circumstance, even if there's abuse in the marriage. They say that the Bible states you should never divorce if you get married. Is this true? And how shall I reply to people from that church?
1: Well, there's there's a lot of verses that we could get into and explain that a little bit and probably teach a whole message on it but uh and and brother hagen's actually got a book marriage divorce and remarriage um and uh that would answer a lot of questions and i got time to get into tonight but the bottom line is is jesus said that what the lord put together let no man put asunder when he talked about marriage and if there ever gets to a point where god's not in it anymore because of one person's decisions or both then you got a decision to make and there's that doesn't make you wrong just because someone made choices to end up not letting god move in the marriage anymore and so that doesn't and you know there's a lot of examples and uh and just you know even examples of today like dr Dufresne and others that we know of that they you know they didn't and they were fully committed to saving everything but um but other people made wrong choices and gave into things and and we know that you know god put the thing back together not that marriage but you know continued the the ministry so that they so you know especially like dr dufrane so that it didn't just fall aside but kept him going put put the right person with him and uh and you know there's a lot more scriptures we could mention, but that's just the first thing that kind of came to my mind was that Jesus said, you know what what God put together, let no man put us under and if somebody uh, you know eventually whether and the thing is the thing might not have even started out right, and so the thing is it doesn't make you wrong you know God God doesn't like divorce, we know that from the scripture. God doesn't like it, you know it doesn't really bring you know he's a covenant God and and he sticks to things, and he expects you to stick to things. But the thing is, not everything is always your fault. And, uh, and there could be things in the past, especially with someone who, you know, is growing in the things of God, someone you may know now that's divorced. You don't know the whole story, and they're not the same person now that they used to be then, and they could have been at fault too. It, it's not always one-sided, and there's always two sides to the story. But people are growing spiritually, and God is not holding everything against everybody. We know that, that you can get under the blood of Jesus any time.
0: I was just going to say that, um, like Bishop said, there's so many scriptures in there, but people that say that are uh, twisting the scriptures to their own destruction uh, because there is some scriptures, but they need to be rightly divided that would imply stuff like that. But we don't have time to get into all that. But if you're being abused by somebody, it's absolutely 100% God's will that you get out of that situation. Whether it be sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse. It's absolutely God's will that you get out of that situation, bottom line. So if he would try to say that, that's ridiculous, especially if a husband or a wife is abusing their spouse. Hey, don't put up with that, John.
1: One more thought. Come on. As he said that, uh, you know, that's not a marriage, first off. That, that's not. A marriage is a covenant relationship, and it could be dead long before divorce ever comes. And that's not always one person's fault.
0: (laughs) uh, Say that. Speak. But that's all. (laughs)
2: Next question. What should we have more of? A worship life? Studying the word? Or both? Go ahead.
0: I know you want to. I think both, definitely. I feel like if... Now, I'm a word man, but I'm a worshiper. And I've been a worshiper since I've been a little kid. So, you know, that's just, that's always been a part of me. I've always loved music. I've always loved praise and worship. I've always tried to find, like, the newest praise and worship people that are fresh, that are anointed. So I'm a a big worship guy. And I'm a word guy at the same time, but you need both to work together, kind of the word and the spirit. And I feel like if you're just word, 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 you're probably going to be pretty crusty. And maybe a little bit dry Dry bones And probably a tad bit legalistic Because you're not actually Like in God's present Worshiping So I know there's a lot of people That just a word, word, word And they're really kind of self-righteous And prideful and like legalistic Because they're just straight word And they don't actually get in worship And spend time in his presence But they can quote scriptures Like circles around you So as we know in this church, it's the word and the spirit, or word and worship together, that makes you a strong, healthy believer, and we shouldn't neglect either one. So,
1: yeah, I'll just add to that quickly. The, um, my, my. the, uh, you know, it's the thing that I like to to use is I like to, you know, we need to be a worshipper all the time, all the time you know staying close to him worshiping god all the time but the bible also says that we should meditate in the word day and night and the thing is is you can read and study but it's just going to be kind of it's just going to be quoting like brother jordan said you're just you're just scripture memorization if it's not if it doesn't have any fresh movement in your life and that's where having a worship relationship with god spending time with him praying in other tongues, yes, just spending time worshiping, and, and just, the thing is, you're meditating on the Word really means to just ponder by talking to yourself, or singing to yourself, and and which is really worshiping God, because you worship Him according to the Word, Spirit and Truth, John 4, 23 and 24, those who worship me have to worship me in Spirit and the Truth, so the Word has to be a part of that, but it's just, if it's just memorization, then it's dry, it doesn't really mean anything to you you know the psalmist david said open my eyes that i may see light from your from your word or from your law and if it's not got any light in it if it's just just understanding and you can just memorize it and and quote it is it really real to you though is it really changing your life is there any breath of life on the word of god in your own life and then that's you got to you know you got to examine yourself only you can answer that but the worship lifestyle and the prayerful lifestyle is what's going to keep that flowing And uh, that's why if you know if I'm studying my Bible and things are getting dry, I'm I'm looking okay. Where I got to I got to change this. I got to fix this. And the way I fix it is just by putting Him first and just worshiping God. And and you know you you got to you can't get legalistic. Oh, I got to have this amount of prayer time and then this amount of word time. Say that you do need to have a blend. But when you get legalistic about it, then it's not a real relationship. I don't think, okay, babe, I'm going to go play basketball for an hour, and then I'm going to come back and hang out with you for about 45 to 46 minutes, and then I'm going to go do the dishes. And then, and that's not a relationship, and well, that's not what God wants.
0: The bishop just preached. I don't know if you just heard him. But, <laughs> hey, you know you guys can feel free to take notes tonight if something just catches your spirit. So uh, that's just free. You guys enjoying yourself? Nobody's bored, are they? Okay, good. Come on, Warrior. Let's get like a wild question or something. Okay. Well, something fun wild, not inappropriate wild. wild. Come on. What about the dinosaurs? When were they here? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard all sorts of things before. Stephen Cook would be the one to have the answer for that. So go ahead and look him up after service. Bishop you have anything to say that a long time ago, that's what I gotta say.
1: Well, I mean there's you know, without getting too far into it, there uh, the, obviously Go ahead, doctor. Well the uh Well there's a lot of I've seen a lot of videos from professors that have really studied things out, but I mean obviously something happened between Genesis one one and Genesis one two. God did not create wow. the earth null and void uh God you know he actually even said that he created it good and uh but obviously something took place during that time and uh, and a lot of people probably believe that that's during the time when you know that dinosaurs probably were on the earth um and there is well, I won't even get to what I was going to say, but there also during the days of Noah, there was a great mammoth on the earth, the Bible says Leviathan, and so we you know. That uh we don't know exactly what that beast was. Bohemus. But uh but I, I will say this and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bring any scripture to prove it, but Dr. Carl Ball, if you've ever seen any of his videos, you can look him up. But uh him and brother Copeland are pretty tight. But he's a creation theory guy, you know, and of course he preaches the word. But uh but he's uh he's a professor kind of guy too. And uh, he's got he's got a piece of rock that was found. And I've seen the videos of it. He's got a piece of rock that was found in the same layer with dinosaur bones. So it was from the same period of time. And it is a carved image of a man setting on a dinosaur. And, uh, and, uh, which is pretty You could unique. take a lap on that yeah. one. Go ahead. <laughs> now, proving that out scripturally. And it was found in South America. But, uh, mm. but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I said, but, you know, we're going to find some things out in heaven probably that we didn't know. But I would say. The amount of dinosaur life that was on the earth, it had to be during that time uh, of, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. And there's other scriptures that actually prove that. Um, there's a lot more than just that one you know, scripture That not trying to isolate one. There's many scriptures that talk about a period of time uh, before Adam.
0: Well, if you watch the History Channel any, there's a show called Ancient Aliens. And if you believe it, it's pretty believable, Ancient Aliens. It'll make you think. But um personally personally I don't agree that there's like alien life out there. I believe there's demonic spirits that try to form themselves into ghosts or whatever you call them or alien type things and play tricks with people and those are really just evil spirits they're not actually aliens on other planets with lasers so that's my opinion and the Bible doesn't say anything about aliens but it does say stuff about angels and demons and we know God lives in the planet heaven okay so that's my answer to that Good?
1: I, i'm good but i will say this that that when god spoke and declared light to be and spoke things into existence it never stopped the the universe <laughs> the, the universe is expanding all the time and they have proved that and uh as far as life on other planets i don't know i know a lot of times they they all these all this equipment and satellites that they pick up out there there's a lot of spiritual activity that they may think is something else and, you know, and the Bible talks about the stars actually being the angels and things like that. And I don't, you know, you can't try to figure all that out. But in the parallel realm, there's obviously something going on in the spirit that's very similar to what's going on in the natural. But as far as life on other planets, I, I, there's nothing in the scriptures about it. So I don't think it really applies to us. <laughs> and it's not really going to ever affect you living in victory down here. So, And here's victory another thing now. to think about. Here's another victory thing to think about. Victory Now broadcast. That that God made it all, and no matter where you're at, at any time, in any place, His power would be available to you. Period. If you came in contact with something that wasn't right, alien <laughs> or no alien,
0: not saying that you would. <laughs> That's a good one you got in front of you. Go ahead and ask that one. Uh,
2: this person even put their name on this card, but is it
0: biblical to party? Absolutely, a hundred percent. Right kind of partying. Let me say that party partying that's going to leave you not with a hangover the next day, not with an STD the next day, not in a random person's bed, you're going to regret the next day, Um, but it absolutely 100% is biblical to party, um, because God likes to have a good time, and he created us to have good time, and pleasure is not wrong, and God created things for us on this planet to have pleasure, but ultimately God would be our pleasure. And so a lot of Christians almost say, like, man, God, God doesn't want you to be, like, having fun or pleasure. Well, God created everything, it says in the Word of God, for your enjoyment. And so I would say with that, you know, like, the whole Old Testament, like, God's people, they would have parties several times a year for weeks at a time to celebrate what God had done for them. All those feasts you read in the Old Testament were, like, two or three week long parties that all God's people would have and they would eat and drink and dance and have a good time and just celebrate the goodness of God. And also in the New Testament, uh, you think about this, Jesus went to parties. Jesus hung out at parties. Uh, Several times it talks about Jesus and his disciples uh, going to weddings, going to, uh, you know, people's house to hang out. And, you know, several times it talks about In the Greek, no joke, a couple times it talks about Jesus actually dancing. And so, uh, that's true. I don't know the scripture off the top of my head, but there's a couple times where it said, like, Jesus got up and did, like, a straight, like, Jewish, like, dance. Like, he just straight, just, I can't do a Jewish dance, but, like, he cut a rug because he was so excited. And how many know David danced till his clothes came off? Now, that's not right. It's halfway right. But... But David danced, and he was a man after God's own heart. So um, we're not one of those churches that say, you know, it's ungodly to dance, and God doesn't want you to dance now. Some dancing is ungodly. uh, But there is godly dancing that's fun and biblical. So God likes to have a good time. He says he sits in the heaven and laughs.
1: I will add to this. God's all about fellowship and good fellowship. And that's that's really got to be the point of your party. And uh, but because if it gets to the thing is, is you always judge it by love, like Brother Jordan said. You know, if you if you're offending someone by the way you dance, or by the way you're touching on somebody, or uh, you ain't got the right it. motive, then you don't love your brother and sister, and you don't love me, and you don't love the whole family. But the thing is, when the motive is love and loving God and loving people, and one thing that and brother jordan preached a whole message on this is actually a series out of acts chapter two towards the end there where they all where you know god added to the church and the way they began to be and they were hanging out in people's houses and fellowship and partying and it actually added to the church and uh come on and so that would be a party when when the world's attracted to you and that's that's 100 percent biblical and uh, there's a fellowship of the Spirit that when you develop the right kind of friendships, you can really help each other. And, uh, and you, can, uh, you can connect with someone in the body of Christ as a brother and sister in Christ that is a very unique friendship that the world cannot experience. And that's probably one of the reasons why they do party the way they do, because they're trying to search for that and they can't find it. So we got the yes. right kind of party. We got the party that the world really wants.
0: And Bishop nailed it, that The world should be envious of the church, not the church envious of the world. And so many church people are like, oh, man, I wish I was out at the clubs. I wish I was at the bars. I wish I was. And it's like, okay, you got it all wrong. Like, church should be so live and such a party that people in the clubs and the frat houses and everywhere else envies us for how much fun we're having. And we don't have to buy weed or An alcoholic beverage to have a good time so you don't even got to spend any money to party with us and we're having a better time than you and we're still happy the next day and not hung over while you're regretting what you did last night so i know what you did last summer go ahead
1: and we've we've got kyle rivera so we got the best party there is that's it (laughs) I'll tackle that first, if you don't mind, um, and I'm sure you have a couple thoughts. I believe once saved, always saved, for me, but I don't believe it for you. And the reason I said it like that it. is to say, why would you ever want to get out? First of all, why would you ever want to get out? Now and then, there's um, and the thing is, there's there's enough scripture to prove that that you can get so far out there that there's Proverbs says without remedy okay but the thing is is that doesn't qualify and doesn't that doesn't qualify for just any believer and Hebrews 5 explains that very well and uh, but the bottom line is is my first first thing to that question my first comment to that question would be why would I really don't care I really don't want to know the answer because there's no reason why I would ever want to get out and uh it's this is this is the way god wanted it was for me to get saved and live heaven on earth and i mean every victory over everything in life's already been paid i don't want to mess that up i want to keep growing in everything i want to you know that's the that's the only life available to me in my eyes is living in all that he has for me and i don't see any reason to pursue it any other way and uh so i don't uh I personally think anyone that would ask that question to really want to know the truth would probably have to admit that they probably don't have right motives. Now, I'm not saying you don't want to know it for information purposes. I've even thought it because, you know, I've always wanted to know a little bit more about it scripture-wise. In case people ask me, I would have a good, legitimate answer. But I would, first of all, the first thing I'm going to hit that with is, I don't really care because I don't
0: want out. (laughs) Let me say a couple things about that real quick. Um, I feel like you can get out but I've heard dad say before if you're like in Hebrews 5 and Hebrews 6 uh, it's harder to get out than you think and most people don't even qualify they're not even a mature enough believer to make that kind of decision like if you're a baby Christian you don't even qualify but really in the context of what it's saying there it has to be somebody who's really experienced God before who's uh, a mature believer Maybe even in ministry uh, And so most people Are not even qualified for that And let me say also So none of you freak out You can't lose your salvation by sinning Okay You could You could. I don't, you wouldn't do this It wouldn't make sense You could accept Jesus and sin every day The rest of your life and still go to heaven I, I mean the Holy Spirit Would be convicting you and if you really had a real born-again experience, I don't see how that could happen. It's probably impossible. But just by you doing bad stuff, it's not going to send you to hell once you've been born again. The only thing that will, will, you can get out of it is if you were mature enough, first of all, and then you said out of your own mouth, and you meant it with all your heart, Jesus, I don't want you in my life anymore. You, you're not going to do it by just sinning. You're going to have to say your own choice same way you got say, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. If you really said that to Jesus and you're mature enough to say that, I think he would respect it. Go ahead. More th-
1: well, I had a thought as he was talking. Even if you're not the mature believer that Brother Jordan just talked about and you really don't, you you know, you can't even, you don't even really qualify yet. But let's say you came to a place in your life where, excuse the expression, but you kind of flip God to burden, go your own way, you're... One thing you got to realize is we're spirit-led people. And if you're making that choice, you're making that choice out of your flesh, out of your emotions, and your spirit's probably still right with God. But you're responding out of your flesh. You're responding out of your frustration. You're, you're responding out of you wanting to go party and be a part of the world. But your spirit's kicking at it the whole time. You're not getting rid of him because you're alive on the inside now. You're, you're alive on the inside Your spirit don't ever die. I mean, as far as once it's reborn, it don't really ever, uh, you know, your spirit's going to be going to live on regardless. And the thing is, is, you know, you are you can't just get rid of him that easy. You're alive on the inside. And when you begin to go your own direction, that, like Brother Jordan said, just sinning, you're responding out of your flesh, out of your feelings, out of whatever reason that causes you to do that, say that, act that way. And even telling Jesus that you don't want him anymore and your spirit's kicking against it the whole time because you're alive on
0: the inside now. Go ahead. Are we going to take a text question?
2: Text. Let's take a
0: text question.
2: What's the proper way to go about a relationship that is found and centered around God?
0: I think they just answered the question in the question, didn't they? Absolutely. To keep it found and centered around God. I mean, what? Repeat it one more time, just for fun.
2: What's the proper way uh, uh, to go about a relationship that is founded and centered around God? Because how would you have a relationship?
0: There? Oh, how would you? Okay. Come on, Bishop. You're you're more mature than I am in this. <laughs> go ahead. Well, there's. Oh, a, I thought that was funny, Bishop. Again, <laughs> probably, <laughs> <laughs> we well, both of us have
1: probably preached fifteen messages on that same subject, and it probably. Um, the bottom, well, I mean, there's so much we could say. And the thing is, is uh, you've got to make sure you're both going the same direction. pastor always makes a wonderful statement, you know, what he told his kids. Find someone who loves God, you know, the same as you or more. And, and the thing is, is, you know, you've got to find someone who's going the same direction, too. And uh, you've got to find someone who's going the same direction. And the thing is, is then, you know, they talked about in the question, honoring God glorifying God a relationship that is centered around him when you look up or when you when you ever study anything about honor or honoring God or putting him in the right place it's always based on value it's always based on value and if God's the most important thing then you're going to do things right if his word is right coming to church is is a priority in your life his his word is a priority in your life then you're going to do things right and if if that ever gets messed up to where that person becomes more important than God's plan, than God's will, then or your feelings become first place and you start yielding to your feelings, and you know typically something really really bad don't happen overnight. You yield slowly. And and, and another thing I'll say about that real quick, because like I said, we could talk a lot about this one question. Um, And Brother Jordan is probably going to talk about it. But the law of momentum, when you set, we're stopping here, and then you put your brakes on at that line, the law of momentum is going to propel you past it every single time. If you want to say, you know, my wife, her and I both, we made a lot of rules. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. So guess what? We put our brakes way back here long before we ever got to that line. And uh, long before we ever got to that line, because the law of momentum, passion, emotions, Mm -hmm. hormones, those are all very strong things. Yes, Probably stronger than what you think Mm -hmm. you can handle. Mm -hmm. Stronger than what you think. You're big and bad and tough, and you've got a lot of willpower because you grew up in the church. You're not as strong Mm -hmm. in that area as you Mm -hmm. think you are. Are you listening right now? Because he's preaching. You put your brakes on way back here and and then and you know and another thing there's a lot I could say about recognizing the right one but um, but you know they're just t- that question's really specifically about the relationship so that's why I said that the way that I did and um, and another thing Brother Jordan's probably gonna mention this one too but there's a law of dimin- another law here diminishing returns what what satisfied you once is not steps. gonna satisfy you again or eventually it just doesn't it's not enough mm-hmm. and the thing is is you start going that direction, it actually is not going to satisfy because you're not doing it under God's perfect plan yet yes. because anything done outside of God's will is not going to satisfy, period. And, uh, and so you've got you to gotta learn to get the agreement of those people in your life that you trust. And I've told young people in this church this before many times, listen to your parents, listen to your pastor, listen to your mama and uh, especially those of you that got a mama that's been in this church for a while you better listen say to that. your mama and I'm telling you listen to your mama because she knows and your daddy knows and your pastor knows and, uh, and of course listen to your own spirit I shouldn't have to say that but, but just, just always think about that that what's the proper place of everything and, and if, if the proper order of things is getting out of line then you better back up and you better back up quick and get it in order
0: Amen You guys still having a good time? Let's uh, actually just stand up and give your neighbor two high fives. Just, Just to stretch, just to get the blood flowing. Actually, you know what? Hand out five high fives, actually. All right. All right. Come on, boy. All right. You can be seated. You can be seated. I just wanted to get some blood flowing and for us to get some physical contact going. Just everybody still good? Just so everybody's stretched and blood flowing. And it's eight sixteen. We're we're doing good in time. So everybody good? All right. Go ahead, brother Warrior. I've said that before. Um, Huh. What did I mean when I said that? That means to sing a song that's not written up on the PowerPoint screen and it's just coming out of your heart to God. That could be you singing in tongues or singing in the spirit. That could be you just making up your own song to God. That could be you just worshiping and glorifying him and just singing out of your heart what's ever in there. And that's what, pretty simple, that's what it means when somebody says, you know, just sing out your own song to the Lord or, you know, let's just lift God up right now. And really, something fun for me as being on the worship team for so long, you see all the people who don't do that during the week. You see who those people are. I just. (laughs) Because I notice, because it's usually the same people, if I have my eyes open, when myself or Jessica or Dad, somebody says, you know, let's just lift up a song to the Lord or let's just pray together or let's just sing out your own song. You see the people who don't do that during the week. Hello. The worship's not a lifestyle because there's nothing coming out of their mouth when they say that. So that just tells me you don't do that on in your own personal time. So you don't know what to say when they say it during church. So, if there's nothing coming out of you when that thing happens, you realize this is not a lifestyle for me. I probably I've been faking it all week till okay. Cuz I that's one thing that sometimes can be discouraging when you're standing up here and you see like and they've been up in the church 20, 30 years, you ain't got nothing to say? Like seriously? You can't even think of anything to thank God about. Like, you showed up to church today, you're blessed, nothing, you're breathing, you're not in the hospital. Because I see some people just, you know, or, you know, whatever. So, I just had to add my two cents in there that you really see the real worshipers and the not real worshippers when stuff like that happens. When it's not written on the screen, you say, well, you just worship. Because we know the people who've been worshiping during the week Because they're the ones still worshiping And the ones that are not, it's probably not a lifestyle You good? I'm sorry (laughs) Go ahead Okay, let me let me go ahead. But then you can go ahead. Okay. Listen. You could put anything in that slot of sports, you could say video games. You could say shopping. You could say work, you could say whatever. Bottom line, if it's important to you, you you will make time for what's important to you. So if you're using the excuse, I'm in sports all the time, then sports is your God, and that's what you worship. So if you don't have any time for God left over, it's your own fault. It's not your sports fault. It's called you give yourself to that. So we could put anything in that. Bottom line, whatever that is, it's called. You're making that a priority and not God's presence a priority. Everybody has to make time. And let me say this to all of you, young people, youth, youth, the older you get, it's not like life's going to get less busy than it is right now. Okay? All of you that have a lot of time on your hands compared to most adults, use that time wisely, for goodness sakes. Because some of you got hours in the day where you don't have to do anything. You don't have any kids. You don't have a wife. You you have just free time to do whatever. Cherish that time because... The older you get, the more responsibility you're going to have. So it's going to have to be even stronger priority to make time for what's important. I'm sorry, bitch.
1: No, there's not a whole lot more to add to that. But I will say, I've only, I always but, got something I could add. Back to what I mentioned about honor. You know, the Jesus is always going to be your savior but lordship is something not on saviorship is on his side lordship's on your side and <laughs> and th- the thing is is we all got to evaluate ourselves in that you know all the time and i would like to you know in my place in my life right now and it's getting easier but i'm just saying i would like to actually have time to give myself to some to some more free times but i just don't right now so i got to take every advantage of using my time wisely to make sure that I'm the man I need to be spiritually and in the word so that I can be the best employee I can be, so that I can be the best husband that I could be, so that I could be the best sheep that I could be to my pastor that I could, that I could, you know and the thing is, it's it's important and it's on you, and um, the thing is, is what you gotta take, you gotta approach this from the standpoint, and Brother Jordan may have said this, you gotta, you gotta approach it from the standpoint of not judging yourself too harshly to where you get in condemnation and you know you can't beat yourself up about oh man I went out with the guys and played a football game Another thing is is now you got to make it happen you know you got to make it happen if if you get to the you know if it's midnight and you haven't given yourself to any time in the word or the spirit in fellowship and fellowship with God then you didn't put it in proper order and now you're too tired you made a mistake don't beat yourself up just work on getting better at it work on fixing it work on getting more organized so that you are putting first things first and to you know i'm not the best morning guy in the world i get better things out of my study time and word time at other times but i always make it a point to start my day spiritually and when you when you make that happen then you're on the right track then you can learn to do things other, you know, in other times and take advantage of things at maybe times of your life where you're better at that. But always start. Always start. Do something. Feed on faith and healing every day in the morning or something. Even if you get your prayer time in the night or at other times, just make a start in your day, and it'll really, really help you keep things in order.
0: Let's go, uh, let's go with some more questions from that, that paper. Hey, let's let's give it up for Amzie for being an awesome host tonight. This is,
2: okay, <laughs> this is really good. Uh, how do I separate myself from the wrong kind of people and fit in with my Christian friends? Many of them seem so tight. I don't know how I would fit in, too.
0: Double question. All right, let me deal with the first part. So, now... What did the first part say again about ain't right friends? How
2: do I separate myself from the wrong kind of people fitting with my
0: Christian? Well, first of all, since I've had a lot of ain't rights around me through the years, I still have a couple. <laughs> Not gonna name them, but realize that I never had to get rid of any; they got rid of themselves. <laughs> I just preached and nobody heard it. Uh, I didn't have to get rid of not right friends. They got rid of themselves because they realized I'm not changing and I'm still focused and my life is the house of God. My life is the things of God. My life is ministry. My life is in Jesus. So if you're not into that, then they ended up separating themselves from me, not vice versa. I didn't separate myself from it. There's not one person I've said, you get out of my life. We're not friends anymore. I haven't said that to anybody, ever. But there's been a lot of people around me that have, we didn't necessarily even talk about it, but they slowly drifted away from me. Why? Because their priorities were different than mine. So, I don't think that you need to necessarily um, call people out and say, hey, we're done, unless that person really is a really bad influence on you and they always drag you into trouble every time you get with them, then you might need to be straight up with them and say, this is not going to work out. Me personally, I haven't had to say that, say that to somebody. They just did it by themselves. <laughs> so I said this to one friend, though. It's all similar. Because um, I realized our friendship was drifting and I talked and talked And helped and prayed for and cried, and I mean, did everything I could. And eventually, I realized this is not working. And I had to say, listen, we're still gonna be friends. I love you forever. If you need something, you know, you can call me whenever. But realize this we're not gonna be as close as we used to be. Why? Because in the Word of God, it says, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? And we're not agreeing. Because you're going down this path, which says, I love me, and I'm selfish, and I'm all about doing what I want to do and not listening to God or spiritual authority. And I'm going down this path, which says, I'm all about the church, building the church. I want to do what God has for me. I want to listen to people that got wisdom over my life. So it's not like I'm trying to break up with you. But if you're going down this path and I'm going down this path, our relationship's not going to be that close. And I had to say that to a friend. And I said, I love you. We're still friends. I'm not saying we're not friends, but our fellowship's going got to be different than it used to be. Bishop, what my, you?
1: My, my. That's, no, that's outstanding preaching. Um, and I, you know, I've been there probably not as often as he has. But uh, I want to handle the second part of that question. Many, many, he's, uh, this question is basically saying about new friends, too. Many of them seem so tight, talking about groups, you know, of people here in the quarry and in this church. Groups that seem so tight and I don't know how to fit in. And, you know, I, and I've said this before, as a a young person, I was kind of unique and not real, you know, I was just different. Didn't relate to people the same way that most people would. And I had a hard time fitting in, too. I was very average, ordinary, and average, and didn't have a lot of standout features about my personality or about anything. And uh, but when I, you know, I was I, when I was young, a young teenager, thirteen, fourteen, I was in the wrong things, and and I had to, like Brother Jordan said, when you get on fire for God, you don't have to leave all your old friends. They typically leave you. And um, but that's what happened to me. And when when I forsook a lot of that I didn't have the uh, I didn't know exactly what all to do I didn't know what to turn to and I've got a statement that God showed me years ago that God never tells you what to let go of without telling you what to grab hold of and when you when you let go of some things God's always going to give you the opportunity to get into the right settings where you'll have the right kind of friends and you don't and 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 I think that really you shouldn't work too hard in trying to fit in Pray and ask God and let him bring the right the right people into your life, and when you're getting hungry and just getting into church, getting into meetings around pastor, getting into places in prayer meetings, maybe you know you're just getting you're just wanting all of God that you can get, and you're getting hungry for everything, then guess what you're gonna put yourself in a situation where you're gonna be around the right kind of people, and um even if they're a little older than you, maybe they're a little younger than you, yeah maybe but maybe it seems like maybe this man this don't make sense to me and even if you get in some places like in some prayer meetings i was telling the kids this i can remember i was four years old when i first met brother dale and you know he's still one of my best friends still one of my best friends i don't call him and go hang out but you know but uh, but he's still one of my best friends to this day an older person a person of wisdom a person i can glean from that's, uh, you know, first time I ever got drunk in the Holy Ghost, I was hanging out with Brother Dale <laughs> here at the altar. And, uh, but uh, but you, don't, you shouldn't have to work for it. I would
0: really encourage you not to work for
1: it. Just let God do it.
0: Let me say a couple things, and then we're going to take maybe a couple more questions. Are you good with a couple more questions? And then we'll close. About what Bishop said about friends being older and younger. you got to realize this all my friends are older and younger. Everybody that rolled with me my whole life Adios Ms. Donna even prophesied that It was an awesome prophecy (laughs) The first part was good But (laughs) The last part And she said a long time ago She said There's a call of God on your life And I see you in front of thousands of young people But The ones that are with you now Won't go with you There's about seven of them And they're all gone but God gave me better friends. Can I get amen? God gave me better friends now. But same way with me. All my friends are either the younger crew, like a Brucie and Sue and Stums and D and all you guys. Or, you know, me and Bishop or Chad. But a lot of the people that were my same age, hey, they're gone now. And now I look back at it, and these people I got, you brothers, you brothers, you brothers. Hey, I wouldn't trade it for the world. These are real friends. These are covenant friends. And I I look to you brothers closer than my own natural family. And that's the way I think of you. You know, I don't think of you. Oh, we just go to church together. We're friends. No, like, we're like family. We're like blood. Like, I would do anything for you. And see, before, I don't want to say all this, but I got to. Before, I know probably some of you in here have leech friends that suck everything out of you and are not covenant whatsoever and that's a lot of the people that were hanging out with me just take from me spiritually take from me emotionally take from me financially all the above and it was never covenant it was always my side and them taking but now I'm full of full of a room with people that are givers and we're in covenant together And if you don't got friends like that, please make some friends. You ladies, get around some girls that are going to be in covenant with you. And when you get around each other, a real covenant friend is not thinking, what can you do for me? They're thinking, what can I do for you? So, and also as I say about the fit in real quick, like if you're new to this group and you're seeing about how close everybody is and everybody's having a good time, just be humble enough to say, hey, I like you guys. Can we go hang out? Don't be like, prideful and think like I'm not going to say that you know maybe people don't know you want to hang out hello somebody you're thinking why does nobody text me? nobody calls me do you call or text anybody because some of you in here all you would have to say is hey I want to hang out with you guys I need some good godly friends can we hang out and that's where we'll start so you just got to be humble enough to say that so let's do like two more questions
1: I had it on mute. I've been waiting for this one. I uh the uh this is there's a couple different uh you know first of all you can define that a few different ways. And um and the number one thing I think about is when you get pouty and 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 petty and get offended and you start just shunning somebody, that that ain't right. And uh the motive ain't love, the motive is your petty little feelings. And uh but I have I have seen and I have to I've even done this recently where I'm just not going to fellowship with all the complainers and the whiners and whether it be at church, be at work and and, and that situation has been at work. And you know, you just gotta the thing is, see, that's going to and I've let that affect my faith where I was getting kind of joining in with the complainers, the gripers. And the thing is you can't you know, you can't expect your faith to work for the things you're complaining about. Right. You know, confessing promotion and then complaining about, I'm never going to get promoted. It ain't going uh, so to work. And so to, to take something from the standpoint of I'm going to be silent towards the griping, the complaining, the whining, or when someone's just, you know, complaining about something all the time, I'm not going to join in on that. That would be right. And I've also experienced this. Where the Holy Ghost specifically one day told me I was going to go sit in church next to somebody, and the Holy Ghost said, Don't you do it. Don't go. Don't do that. And I, that was years ago, but, and, and there's been some other situations similar to that. And, and the thing is, is one thing I've realized is just because, now if you're avoiding someone specifically because you just, they, they ticked you off or whatever they did, then that ain't right. But if, if, you're, if you're avoiding someone, not, I'm not saying if you see them in the grocery store, you say hi. But it's not completely wrong if you're not wanting to get in certain situations with certain people because of whatever reason they ain't right. If, and there's also a time when you get in ex, intense seasons of prayer and you get over there in the Spirit, a lot more paying more attention to the things of the Spirit than you are in your mind, and you get quiet. And that don't that don't mean you're mad at everybody. That just means you don't want to grieve what's going on on the inside. And when you get to that season, learn to to stay in that season as long as you can. And and that doesn't make you wrong for just not being as as fellowshipping and and just you know a lot of times we just get natural in that too, and we got to guard against that as well. But if you get to a point where you're just real quiet because of what God's doing in your life And that you're giving yourself to him a lot more than you were in the past Then just learn to yield to that you're not you're not you're not being mean to other people And so there's a, that's a broad question and there's a lot of different depends on how you meant that whoever asked that question But the thing is is if it's petty it's petty period just admit to it and fix it but if it's saying you know I if I'm purposely wanting to avoid some situations that's not exactly wrong and uh but you just gotta you just gotta have the right motive about it amen uh, what
2: does your personal word time look like and how does that evolve?
1: well I, I'll do I'll, I'll keep that quick right now I'm in a season of my life where I'm just getting it bits at a time here and there here and there and uh and there'll be times in my life when I have more longer periods of time of study, but right now I just haven't had that in a, in a, in a year or two. And so, but the thing is, bottom line, I make it happen. And, uh, and, and so, you know, don't ever get frustrated if something don't look like the way you want it to look like right now. And, uh, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying I don't give myself to longer periods of time like I would like to. and And what I would call... A a a shorter period of time, some of you might think is long. Okay, <laughs> you might well, think you know. is long, and uh, I. But you know, I. The thing is, is I I see in, in in my spirit as I've been praying recently. I know that there is some extreme revelation coming, and I'm learning some things about some things to be able to teach, and to be able to help people see it the way that God showed it to me. And I know that just more revelations coming. So the bottom line is, is I'm always stirring myself up. Uh, to be hungry for the word. And um, so, as far as that e- how it's evolved and where it's at right now, you know, there's times when things are different. But right now, it's still the, the bottom line is quantity's not always what, how you judge it. You judge it by quality. And, and uh, the, you know, and back to the whole friend thing, I'll say this real quick hang around people. That can actually say something to you about what God's speaking to them in their word study. Hang around those kind of people, and uh, but uh, as far as the way things look right now, you know, I don't really, I don't really, I just, I just do it, I just do it, and I just stay with it, and I just, and the thing is, is I, I, I said this uh, to to somebody, and I can't remember who it might have been—the sixth or eighth graders, but I, uh, I'm always looking. For a way to get the word in me, even if it's reading my Bible, but maybe it's just a devotional, or maybe going back and looking at pastors' notes, or maybe just a, or a book, or even thinking about something I heard a long time ago, and all of a sudden that just seems alive to me. I go back and look it up. If I'm believing God for something, and I've been thinking about this a lot, sometimes we just quote things. I know that, so I pray and ask God. Father, as the length of my day, so shall my strength be. One thing I've learned from pastor, go back. doesn't matter how many times you've looked at it. Look at it again. Sorry, I'm preaching.
0: Well, I kind of got a unique situation because I get paid to (laughs) study my Bible, pretty much. So I do a lot of other things other than studying my Bible at church, but that is part of my... Job as a minister of the gospel Like it says in Acts 6-4 You too Like it says in Acts 6-4 It says the ministry should give themselves To the word of God in prayer So that's definitely part of my day So really for me It might be a little bit easier Than some of you because I don't have like Extra things Like another job To do Or even when I'm doing my school work so I'm going to Bible college I'm in the Word still, even when I'm doing my schoolwork. So it all flows together. So, uh, Me personally, I'm a big uh, translation guy. I like a lot of translations. And I also like study Bibles. Me and Bishop talked about that. Every one of you needs a good study Bible. And if some of you are still just rocking a straight old school King James, please step into 2012 for us here. Because I know you don't understand King James Version, because nobody does. Okay? Even King James, when he wrote it, he didn't. At least step into the new King James because that's what I have and that's what Bishop has. At least it says it's a little bit better. But I think each one of you need a good study Bible. I recommend the Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible by Jack Hayford, And I also have a New Living Study Bible that I like a lot. But I like a lot of translations. I like New Living. I like Amplified. Yay, yay. I like the message. And so... I like to, like Bishop said, not so much quantity, but quality. It's not like I'm reading chapters and chapters and chapters. Like, let me just camp out on one chapter and really get it in me. And how many know God would rather you get one scripture and actually mean something to you than read 20 chapters and get nothing? So, hey, if God's just speaking one scripture to you and you just look it up and you look it up in the Greek and the Hebrew and look it up in different translation and it really means something to you, that is just as important as somebody reading, you know, 20, 30 chapters. It means more to God so that you're actually getting it in you, and it means something to you, so.
2: Okay, we got uh, one more?
0: Well, one serious and one, one serious wild one.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, is it biblical to be rebaptized if you were baptized when you were younger?
0: Uh, I would say yes if you didn't know what you were doing the first time. Because a lot of people were baptized when they were little and they really didn't know what it meant So I think that's absolutely biblical Because God would want you to know what you're doing when you're because it really didn't mean anything if you didn't fully understand it So I know several people That have gotten re-baptized because the first time they were younger they didn't really realize what was going on And they wanted it to be real and for them to really Be their decision not their parents were doing that so god's all about if it, you mean it in your heart so
1: yeah i i actually looked for some scriptures um to find if anyone in the bible had been baptized twice that i could see but i do know that david was anointed several times in the old testament and uh but the first thing and brother jordan kind of said it so i'm just reiterating i don't want to waste a lot of time but he you know hebrews 11:6 says Is it, you know if you're going to please god you got to do it in faith so everything you're going to do spiritually, you have to do it in faith, or it really was pointless for you to do it. And so, the that if you if you got baptized in an age where you didn't have a lot of knowledge of it, therefore you didn't know what you were doing, so therefore you didn't have any faith in it. You were just going on along with the actions, you're going along through the, with emotions, and that doesn't mean it was wrong. It just means you might need to do it again so that you have faith in it you know some people get saved not knowing what they did when when you get to a point where you know what you need to do then you need to make that stick not saying it didn't stick before but if you get to a point where you really understand it now then just do it i get saved every day i do i ask him into my heart every day oh come on all again for the
0: first time i'll tell you something real quick about that that me and Jessica have even talked about that. Like, do we need to get re-baptized? Because we were pretty young when we got baptized, but we both decided, you know, we did know what was going on, but everybody has those thoughts. So just so you don't feel, like, awkward that you thought that. Me and Jessica have thought that before, like, should we get baptized again? Do we really get, were we too young to really understand? Because I remember it was at Graceland Baptist Church. I got baptized, and I was, like, I was swimming around in the the baptistry, Like, he was trying to catch me. And I was just swimming around. And they were like, come on, come on, let's be serious. We're going to baptize you. Because I was like, this is like a hot tub in here. This is awesome. So, can I get a hot tub? Last question, warrior. Last question is You want to read this one? You go, ahead. you go ahead. This is a good one. What would Jesus do? <laughs> read your Bible.
1: <laughs> That'll tell you what he what he would do, or mm,
0: it will tell you. What, <laughs> or the better, what, the better question
1: would be, what What did Jesus do?
2: Yeah. Oh my.
0: <laughs> so for all that, really, you got to go to your Bible to answer that come one because on. it tells you what he did, what he's now doing. Oh my, come on! What he's already done. Mm, so, did anybody enjoy tonight? <laughs> Let's give it up for the bishop. And for Warrior for being our host tonight, come on. Well, church family, I love you guys. And let's, uh, before we close here, let's get around Jessica and Amzie and support them this next week. Can we do that, people? Because that's our family, isn't it? Is that our family? So, you know let's really support them and all of you in here it would be nice how about like some of you ladies and some of you guys tell them like hey anything you need me to do i can help you whether it be moving whether it be purchasing you a big flat screen tv for your new house whatever and let's just be supportive of them because how many know what you sell right now you're going to reap later Amen. and so let's be a support to them because they're our family right aren't they you know, it's not every day that our group, you know, somebody's getting married. So let's let's support them. And let's, uh, you know, really reach out to help them. Amen? So let us pray real quick. And the rains of heaven are coming down on us.